Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. Thanks to Think. From digital signage to audiovisual solutions, we've thought of everything. Visit thinkpm.ie. This is News Talk. Welcome to Tech Talk, Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Over the next hour, we'll hear about the reality of broadband in rural Ireland. Sue Murphy will explain the Disney Plus portal that will showcase Black Widow. And we'll hear from the CEO of Unify Ordering. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at JessKellyNT. Last week on the show, I spoke to David McCourt, the head of National Broadband Ireland. This is the company rolling out the National Broadband Plan. And many of you got in touch to explain your experience and the reality of your broadband status around the country. Um, Here is just a flavour of some of the emails and texts that we received. Uh, The first one here is from Claire. She says, I was really interested to hear David talk as I think he is right. We should be world leaders in our small country at decentralising our cities. We can travel up and down it in a few hours. In the States, you can travel for hours and still be in the same state. In Australia and in the UK, it is normal to commute at least an hour. We have a real opportunity here to change our lives once we are all connected via broadband. There is no need for the city to swallow all of us. After spending a week in West Cork and struggling with broadband, I came back to Dublin wishing I could relocate to Cork. The only missing link is the national broadband rollout. So roll on the rollout. The sooner we are connected, the sooner I can get out of the city and feel the wind in my hair and trot off down the country. Uh, Thank you for that, Claire. Annie was also in touch saying, I'm in a village about 20 minutes from Galway, living just three miles outside the village at the bottom of a country lane. Fibre cables are all the way down my road, but stopped dead on the last bit of road on which we live. Oh, that's so frustrating. We have been told we are not on the map. We are just 100 yards from our neighbours who have a fibre cabinet, yet we cannot get connected because we're off the map for some reason. Very frustrating. Cannot get a straight answer. Trying to work from home, paying for broadband. This is reminiscent of dial-up. Annie, that is incredibly frustrating. Katia also got in touch saying, Hello, I was listening to your show today and I enjoyed the discussion on fibre for rural Ireland. I live in County Cork, 25 minutes from the Dunkettle roundabout, if you don't mind. Uh, And I still have no indication of when we will get the plan for getting fibre. I'm amazed at how behind we are in Ireland compared to other EU countries and what a difference it would make for companies to gain flexibility and have access to a broader talent pool if fibre was in place and effectively working around the largest cities. I'm currently able to work from home, a blessing during the pandemic, thanks to slow satellite broadband. The connection cost me €120 a month for 100 gig. My husband and I can't work together on at the same time, which means only one of us can work from home for now. He usually gets to Cork and connects using his phone as a hotspot in his car. He went for a remote customer service job but couldn't get it due to the minimum upload requirement of 4 gig when we have the average of 2.5. I need to request exceptional access to the office to do my laptop system updates as my connection speed will not support. From a leisure uh, perspective, everything is slow. Let's not mention that we cannot access Netflix or any of the amazing new TV services. 
Again, we're not talking about far ends of Connemara, but 25 minutes from Cork. All we need is a plan and the commitment to deliver on time. Still hoping, ideally, before I retire. Katya, thank you so much uh, for your email. Again, that, that frustration is palpable in these emails. I would love to hear from you. Techtalk at Newstalk.com is the email address. Another person who got in touch with the show is Imogen from Cork. Imogen, uh, welcome to Tech Talk. Can you explain a little bit about your own situation? Well, where we are, um, because we're down near the coast, it isn't great from the point of view of mobile coverage um, because the masts, as, as the land drops off near the coast, you don't get great signal, particularly in any of the valley areas. And the other big problem, even with 4G mobile, um, there's massive congestion because the links back from the masts are actually microwave in this area. There isn't a fiber link to the mast to connect it to the rest of the internet. But yet we have lots of people who are working in high tech areas close by. And they've all obviously been working from home for most of the last year and finding it particularly frustrating. That just sounds baffling, particularly in 2021, when it's the year of connectivity. We've been working from home. We can work anywhere. This idea is being pushed time and again. And yet you're still struggling to get mobile phone signal. That's right. And um, obviously we use it through 4G for our data and Internet as well. So we have poor voice connection and we have poor Internet connection. It's actually deteriorated since 2016. I used to be here working for Apple doing technical support in 2016. I had myself to go on leave for two years to look after my dad. And when I tried to come back in 2018, the signal had deteriorated so much in our area that I couldn't get good enough signal to be able to do that. And so then I was out of work. That must be incredibly frustrating. Uh, I assume you have, you know, campaigned and called and pleaded for an improvement to be made. Uh, what, what avenues have you gone down and what's the response that you've received? Well, obviously, we were delighted to hear about the National Broadband Plan and to find out that our area in South Cork was one of the first ones that was going to actually be um, rolled out. That was absolutely wonderful. I've been campaigning on this stuff since the mid 1990s and the days of ISDN. Okay, we won't go there, but it's been a long journey. So I thought, great, fantastic. At last, something is happening. But we have had constant delays and uh, since then. And in my own case, just today, I have discovered that they are not going to do the final four poles to my house unless I pay to have some trees cut, even though they've known about the lane and surveyed it and everything for at least, uh, let me see now, eight months. Yeah. So and nobody's told me until now. So we might eventually get broadband in the next couple of weeks, but I won't be getting it at the moment. Do you know what the cost would be to get the trees down? I'm actually waiting for a guy to come down tomorrow. Is this an issue that's just impacting you in your area or are there others that are impacted by similar scenarios? There may well be others, but I'm a bit of a terrier on these things. I'm out and about on the roads and whenever I see a van full of engineers, I say I have a quick chat with them and try and find out what's going on. And that now we've had three delays to the whole programme since they said they were going to do it in November last year. Um, and well, it, it's gone on and on and on. Um, they've done things like you pre-order because they tell you to. So it just we've been going around in circles despite good efforts for an awful long time now. 
Okay, so you have a provider who is willing to bring it and connect it up to your house. The yeah, issue I paid is... I my 50 euros connection fee back in the middle of April. Okay, so you are literally ready to go. You are just waiting for these last four poles to, to be hooked up, essentially. Yeah, and then yesterday, uh, so 30th of June, so that's, uh, you know, eight months from uh, when they said they were going to do this broadband connection, I've just been told, oh, no, unfortunately, NBI will refuse to pay KN subcontractors to do this because you're on a private road, you're not on a publicly adopted road. I would now, love there's an awful lot of private roads in Ireland, that's all I'll say. Yeah, I would love to hear from you listening at home if you are in a similar boat. Uh, techtalk at newstalk.com is the email address. Um, Imogen, you heard David McCourt, the head of National Broadband Ireland, on this programme last week. Uh, he explained that COVID uh, has caused delays to the rollout. It's caused a, a few sort of hiccups in the road. Like, what, what would you say to David McCourt um, if he was listening now? Oh, crikey. I, th- I thought it was interesting. On the one hand, he was presenting himself as the saviour of rural Ireland. And I'm glad somebody is rolling out this project. No question about it. But I think, you know, the money he's getting from the government needs to be well spent. We need it for work. Just close to me here, we have a Facebook developer, a guy who works for EMC, electronics engineers, all of these people would be very happy to be paying money to um, the retailers if they could actually get a service. They can't get a service. What is the the situation facing you now? Um, You're going to, hopefully when you get the quote for paying for the trees to, to be taken down, um, that that will then green light you to get connected. Is that it? I don't think I should be having to pay that in the first place. Um, I definitely think that um, David McCourt's company ought to be saying, we can do it for you. Here's how much it will cost if they're really saying that we have to pay for it. Um, you know, but if the bottom line, if it has to be done in order for me to be able to work again, I'm going to have to pay for it. It's extremely frustrating. It's, you know, a tax on being somebody that lives in rural Ireland and it shouldn't be happening. Imogen, thank you so much for joining us here on Tech Talk. Uh, As I said, I would love to hear from you. Where are you in the country? What is your broadband like? Are you on the map? Do you have an indication of when it'll hopefully roll by your door? Uh, TechTalk at Newstalk.com. Now, there is a lot of hype and excitement for the latest Marvel movie, Black Widow. That's starring Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. While the cinemas are back open, Disney Plus is giving fans the opportunity to watch from home using Disney Plus Premier Access. What is it? What does it cost? And is it worth it? Uh, Sue Murphy from OTB Sports joins me now. Sue, firstly, what is Disney Plus Premier Access? So basically you have your basic subscription that you have to Disney. So I think it's about $7.99, at the moment. And that gives you access to Disney Star and all of the other stuff. Uh, and I think that actually goes up in September once Disney's, the Disney Star has come on board. But Premier Access was something they kind of started to do during COVID where they had like a slate of films that they wanted to release and didn't have any cinemas to release them into um, in certain parts of the world. So they released them onto Disney and you'd have to pay to basically see that film in a Premier Access. So Black Widow for instance, that's coming out next week, that's twenty one ninety nine to rent or to put onto your Disney Plus, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't go on to your Disney for a while. So Ray and the Last Dragon, that would have initially been premier access a few months back. So that was released for about twenty one ninety nine, and now it's gone on to the general Disney subscription. 
But um, it's interesting because we're starting to see films, like the cinemas are obviously reopening now. You have Black Widow coming out on Wednesday into cinemas, and that's the 7th of July, but it's going to go on to premiere access on the 9th. So they've obviously decided there's enough in this to actually cover both phases, yeah. which is something very new. Yeah, it's interesting. So for those who, like I wouldn't be a great cinema goer, mainly because I've seen about three movies in my entire life. But for those who are interested in new releases but just don't go to the cinema, this will be for your twenty one ninety nine. You are getting it and it's available in UHD, HDR and Dolby Audio um, if you have, you know, um, the, the tech, I suppose, to, to facilitate that. Do you think that this will stick around this whole premiere access thing or do you think... Like, I'm just interested in terms of the money that they'll make off it because it'll all come down to money and eyeballs on movies. Um, so do you think this will be here to stay? I think so. I think when you think about how much it costs to go to the cinema now, so say by the time you get in the door and you get your popcorn and you get your drinks and you sit down in your seat and all that and getting to the cinema and getting home, if you have three kids, mm-hmm. you know, you're just like, oh, I can just herd them all into this room and put it on. And I mean, if you've got, like, it's probably worth your while if this three four people in the house if like you want to sit down and watch a new release that will be in the cinema at the same time i think people are going to start moving towards that like it it just seems like it's less hassle should you watch it watch it on the big screen no like especially if it's a film like black widow like it's stuff like say marriage story just to co- compare another scar johansson film mm. that's fine it's a character driven drama but if you're watching something that's a big action film you need to be sitting in a cinema you need to feel the action sequences you need to hear how loud they are or watch the amazing, like the, the fight sequences in this film are actually brilliant. Like so you've seen this film, Sue, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it yesterday. Oh, God. I was kind of like, I love Natasha Romanov, the character. I think she's a great character. And I was a bit worried that this, even though there's a lot in it, as like it's a, basically a spy story. She's, she's a Russian spy. I was a bit worried that it's not very Avengery. Do you know what I mean? She's not mm-hmm. a superhero. She's more of a spy. But I actually enjoyed it. And I go on one of my famous rants. Um, like when you, you grow up as a girl, you know, you don't have a lot of uh, superheroes that are women. You didn't grow up with on with women on screen being superheroes. So you had Batman and you had Spider-Man and you had Superman. And they were all men, 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 men. And then their sidekicks sometimes were girls. You had Batgirl or Supergirl, whichever. But to actually see a woman center and her mother is another part of that and her sister you're like this is so I felt like I was a little bit blinded by that mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like this is great it's so great to see so many women but it's enjoyable like I, I was also blinded by the fact that it was the first time I've been to a press screen in two years and I was crying in the lobby going and I was like I'm so happy to be in the cinema <laughs> Well, I think people think that in general, Sue, because you are a special kind of Pokemon person, uh, which we have discussed yeah. before. But, but so, so do you think as a movie lover, do you think like if you ha- we now do have the option to either watch this at home for twenty one ninety nine, or you can get the babysitter for the kids. You can get your popcorn, you can get your tickets and you can go to the cinema, which for this particular movie, which do you think is the better viewing experience? I think you have to experience it in the cinema. There are, there, are huge, there are three huge kind of fight action sequences in this film that are really brilliantly done. And a lot of it feels like it's an extended trailer. Sometimes if you're a bit like, this is a bit too much. But they are really, really beautifully shot. And you, like, you can't help but be drawn into the action. You can't get that experience sitting in your sitting room. 
when you're like worrying about your kids upstairs or you know should I go and get another drink or like get something to eat like you have to be immersed in that like if it's something like that I think there's a place for all of those films if you're sitting at home but if it's an action film like this you need to feel it and I I think it's one of those ones like it's not believe me it's not as good as some of the Avengers films that are out there it's fine and I really enjoyed it and like like I was saying to you I was slightly blinded by the fact that I was back in the cinema mm-hmm. for the first time in ages but it it is it's it's partly that, but also it's actually a very good action film. Like she is very good, and I really enjoyed Scarlett Johansson's performance and Florence Pugh, who's a great little like si- sister sidekick for her. Mm-hmm. It was it was just enjoyable. Like it's a bit long. It's about two hours and fourteen minutes long. So I was going, oh my gosh, are we ever going to get to the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, still very enjoyable. It's not the best out of the the Marvel world, though. I don't think. Okay, so what do you think then would be like what what type of film would work well on the Disney Plus Premier Access thing? Like, do you think that this that they will continue to do this for their big movies, give people the option, or will they just opt for you know some of those Christmassy films or the odd rom com where there is no big action scene that you need that big blowout speaker and that fantastic screen to get the most out of it? Yeah, and you see that this is the worry for Disney because if you think about if you have kids, so Ray and the Last Dragon taken for instance, right? It's a it's a bit of a struggle to get kids into a cinema and to get them treats and to get them to sit in a seat for two hours and to like you know depending on age, obviously, but it, that can be kind of a difficult process. So I think parents are going to start opting for those at home experiences. Right? We want to see a new film and we put it like I think a lot of people invested in massive tech during COVID, mm-hmm. like huge big TVs where they could watch these like amazing, like they're so clear. Like when you say UHD, it is UHD. Like I, I think that's going to happen. So they will keep giving the option. I wonder if it's going to disappear a little bit for the stuff that you have to see in the cinema. And actually what was interesting was when you were, were doing press screenings during COVID, you can get a link. So you'd say to somebody, can I get a link for that film? And I got to the, a quiet place and they pushed a quiet place out and out and out. And this isn't Disney now, but they pushed a quiet place out for ages. And when I asked, could I get a link? They went, no, we're insisting on people seeing it in the cinema. It has to be seen in the cinema. And I think you're going to see more of that. I think there's going to be a differentiation between, you know what, this is a cinema film. And you know what, that that's actually grand to release. Like something like Ray and the Last Dragon, you could bring the kids to see it. You might have to leave halfway through it because one of the kids got sick or something like that. But you have it in premiere access, you're probably going to pay for it again. That's a different kind of experience. But I think something that's action-y, that's horror, that needs you to sit in the cinema screen in the dark and just be immersed is, is going to be a different thing. So I think they'll keep doing it. But I think it'll be certain films that they might, like down the line, I think you might start to see them pull certain films that won't be released onto it, if you know what I mean. Mm. We are a good while into our Disney Plus journey here in Ireland. Um, You mentioned the Disney Star um, pillar that came on board not that long ago, which was more adult uh, focused content. So you had the likes of Grey's Anatomy, which I binged watch. You had uh, some brilliant movies. You had all of The Simpsons. How do you think it's going down in general? Do you think it's a welcome addition to the streaming market here in Ireland? It's funny because Disney, like when you're you're given access to these things when you're, you're uh, reviewing them a lot. So I was like, would I pay for this? And I probably would. And like, I do have a, a, a little girl, and she's, but she's only 17 months. And I, as you know, Jess, I'm a slight child myself. Mm-hmm. So I would go, <laughs> go back and watch things like Monsters, Inc. Like their new series is Monsters at Work, uh, which is spectacular. I think they're releasing 
enough new things onto that platform. I was actually talking to one of the people in Disney. They said there's tons of stuff that is coming down the line for this year because there's such a backlog from the amount of COVID stuff. So I think there's enough on there now. I was really worried at the start that this would just appeal to kids, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I think if you want the back collections and stuff, like I think they put the Golden Girls or something up there last week. Like if you want to see the back collection stuff that you can't get anywhere else, that that they're making that the place to go. I was kind of worried that when they took everything off all the other streaming services, you're paying for so many subscriptions in different places that you're going to be like, that's that's just too much. I can't afford another one. Yeah. But I think it gives enough to the entire. They're they're very clever about what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. They're hitting every single market. They're looking at like kids. They're talking to people with a Marvel fans, all this that 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 entire Marvel universe. And then you have stuff that are like, oh God, I haven't seen that that series in ages. I'd definitely love to go back and watch that. There's a lot of that as well. So I like my own team has talked to me about twenty four and how how delighted he was to go back and watch all twenty four. So you know what I mean? They're they're really getting the entire market and broadly picking everything out. I, I think it's I, I there's a lot more scope to it than I originally thought they were gonna have, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the different subscriptions because I would say that I don't watch a huge amount of TV. However, I have the subscription for Netflix, for Disney Plus, for Now TV. I have the Channel 4 app. And I don't want to give any of them up because it is so diverse in terms of where you can watch certain shows. What's going to happen? Like, as as a movie and TV uh, critic fan, um, someone who really enjoys it, like, what do you think is going to happen? Will we continue to pay for all these streaming services plus our traditional TV bundles plus God knows what else? That Like, that's the way I started to look. Because not only do you have to consider all that, the movie and TV stuff, but there's also the sports stuff. And you'll have, like, the Six Nations are on a certain platform and then you have the Premier League over here. And then, like, so people are buying tons and tons and tons of subscriptions. I don't think that can continue indefinitely. And I actually, like, I was thinking about it the other day because I was like, how come somebody hasn't, like, joined all of these together and said, if you pay this much, you will get all of these subscriptions? I really think at some point somebody's going to go, that is enough, because you have all of these movie houses that are moving all of their streaming stuff onto their platforms. So, like, Warner Brothers, Disney. But at what point are they going to say, that we're not actually making enough money out of this because people are going to something like Netflix because it has more than just Netflix. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Disney, Warner... They're just showing their Disney and Warner stuff. There's enough on there, don't get me wrong. But people are going to get to the point where, like, I can't, like, okay, I'm going to get Netflix because there's enough general stuff for me to actually get through and then I'm not going to be able to afford some of these. And I think people are starting to make those decisions. And when they get to that point, there's definitely going to be an overall joint, I really think, down the line, where people can just pick a sports one and an entertainment one, kind of like the way it now breaks down their different platforms. Mm. But on a different kind of, like, you can pick Netflix and you can pick Sky. I, I can't understand how somebody hasn't come into the market to do something like that yet. But I have a feeling that will happen. Yeah, it's funny. The Now TV um, model, I think, is great. Because as you mentioned there, you can buy the Entertainment Pass. Um, and you can get your, mo- like, some movies on TV. You can buy the Cinema Pass. You can buy the Sport Pass. You can buy the kids. Like, it's very modular. Um, but what I find is I'm spending, like, 150 quid a month on subscriptions. And okay. it's just not sustainable. Yeah, like I like you were saying as well, and I have Prime. I have so so many, and especially when you're watching stuff like you're like, oh, everyone's watching that. I'm gonna have to watch. You know, you were reviewing all the time. Mm-hmm. You do get to a point you're like, I have to watch what people are watching. So everyone's talking about this. I have to go over there and watch that, and it just leads you to so many subscriptions. But like, I really feel sorry for the people who are into sport as well because that's a whole other 
playing field like I think our, our all our subscriptions come to about 200 quid a month like that is not <laughs> good or sustainable that's fine because that's our job but if that's somebody that just needs to watch like the match every Saturday and a couple of bits and pieces during the week you are going to find people start to go I can't afford to do this anymore this is crazy no 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 it's not sustainable yeah. but uh, I do like the now one the now one is a really good idea because you can get the week like you could just buy a match or you could buy a day subscription so you can like if you know there's a load of matches coming up on the same day you could buy a day or you can buy the month you know that that's actually a really good idea because they break it down I think that's probably the way it's going to go you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well we will watch with great interest uh, Sue Murphy the co-host of Let's Go Back To with Owen Sheen and Sue Murphy on the Go Light app uh, thank you so much for joining us coming up next we'll hear from the CEO of Unify Ordering Tech Talk on News Talk. Thanks to Think. From digital signage to audiovisual solutions, we've thought of everything. Visit thinkpm.ie. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. As always, you can email the show at any stage, techtalk at newstalk.com. We heard a lot about the hospitality sector this week, but even before lockdown, it was an industry going through serious innovation. Barry McNerney is the CEO and co-founder of Unify Ordering, which is one of the solutions adding to that innovation. Uh, Barry, you're very welcome to the show. Before we talk about Unify, can you give us a bit of an idea of your own background and how you came to this idea? Yeah. Hi, Jess. How are you? Nice to be long time listener, first time person caller. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my background is I used to be an equity trader and in 2008, uh, I got out of the industry because obviously there was a massive collapse in, the, in that market. And my brother was a chef. So in, in 2008, we opened a restaurant called Junior's Deli and Cafe on Bath Avenue in Dublin 4. Um, that went very well. And then we opened another restaurant, Paulie's Pizza, in 2010. We then went on to open the Old Spot with another couple of friends. Uh, we've subsequently left that business. And then we opened Lots & Co Grocery in Dublin 4. There's another branch in Clontarf. And there's actually another branch opening in Ternure towards the end of the summer. So I'm deeply invested and I have a deep understanding of the food and drinks industry. Um, and yeah, in 2016, I became involved in Unify Ordering, which I can, I can tell you more about it as we go along. Yeah, so I think that kind of gives everybody a good understanding of where you're coming from. You know this industry very, very well. So tell us what exactly Unify Ordering is. Unify Ordering, uh, I suppose if any of your listeners out there have worked in a restaurant, they're probably familiar with the, the fact that most small businesses, especially in the, in the food industry, they have a cash register that tells them how much their sales are. They have a staff rostering system like Zinfi or something like that that tells them how much their staff costs are. But in terms of their purchasing, there's absolutely no information whatsoever. The way it normally works is, you know, lists of goods are compiled on pieces of paper. And then they would be passed to a head chef or a manager who would then ring that order through to the wholesale supplier. So what Unify Ordering is, is a collaborative platform for all of your staff that allows you a business to connect with all of their suppliers and then they can they can all collaborate on orders throughout the day and then those orders are sent via email so it captures all of that information in relation to your purchasing in real time on the platform it gives me complete oversight over every aspect of ordering that goes through to the wholesale supplier so it's pulling all that stuff together with your i suppose um venue owner hat on Talk mm-hmm. us through why this is important to have it saved in one place and to have it a bit more streamlined. Well, see, so the traditional way, as I said, was like written on a piece of paper and it'd be held in a kind of hardback book on, on a shelf somewhere. So there's no oversight over the purchasing because 
if you think about it, it's a fundamental pillar of, of your business, same as sales, or same, you know, same as sales, same as staff costs, same as overheads. So there's no there's no information for that in real time. And generally that would have come maybe a month later when your bookkeeper or your accountant is updated into an accounting system. So Unify captures all of that stuff in real time. So you, you know what your spend is. But the other thing is that we also create a solution for the supplier because suppliers are listening to then hundreds of voicemails they're receiving orders via email, via text message, via fax machine, even believe it or not, it's still in this day and age. And uh, so we, what we're able to do on the supplier side is we're able to digitize their product brochure, we're able to put it into their customer's hands 24 seven. It also allows them to communicate special offers. And then when those orders come back into the supplier, we're able to integrate into their backend system. So it helps them to grow sales, reduce their carbon footprint, and uh, re reduce the costs of their of their orders by up to 90%. So it's a win for the buyer and it's a win for the supplier. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we know, particularly this week, that there's been a lot of talk and that restaurants and um, pubs that have kitchens are under huge pressure. They don't know when they'll be fully back open to serving anybody who fancies a, a bite to mm. eat. And yeah. I've been talking to friends of mine who work in this industry. Um, I've got good friends up in Bondoran and they are worried about the fact that they've bought a lot of stock, that they are ordering stock, they are con contemplating ordering stock and they don't know if it's going to get utilised. Is this, like, how useful is it to, to utilise a solution that will help you maybe streamline what you're ordering but also get eyes on, you know, when stuff is coming in, that, that type of thing, because there is huge pressure on this sector at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, for a lot of, a lot of businesses, especially in, say, restaurants, what we call buyers are restaurants, bars, cafes. Um, the order is placed, and then when the order comes in, you know, it could be a surprise to the people who are working there. They don't know what's being ordered. So, again, this just gives complete visibility and traceability over to who ordered what, how much, when it's going to come in. Um, you can also add the, 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 the price of each good so you'll know exactly what you're spending in real time so it allows you to kind of set budgets all this kind of thing I mean in terms of what's happening in the industry at the moment with, with the stopping and starting the changing and stuff like that it's I think what a lot of people from the outside don't understand is it's not just you know we're going to open next Monday like all of these businesses have been training staff bringing people in you know spending a lot of money printing new menus and all these kind of stuff so there's a huge amount of sunk costs already from these businesses. So um, I think what was really refreshing from the government, obviously up until last week, was that everybody felt like there was a bit of a plan that they, they knew you know, what was gonna happen. There was a kind of a timeline because it was the uncertainty that is probably the biggest thing. You know, Even when during lockdown, at least people knew what was happening. You know, um, They were able to plan for the weeks ahead. And then obviously now we were planning again to open on Monday the 7th and that's not happening. So it's just the uncertainty. So I suppose what Unify, gives in that regard is just the ability to have oversight and control over what's happening continuing with that point of the uncertainty and so on as i mentioned there i know a lot of people working in this industry and they've invested heavily in their premises over the last year or so whether that is with mm -hmm. you know the perspex screens sanitizer the forms for mm -hmm. contact tracing there's a lot of change in this um, field at the moment. And with the uncertainty, I suppose it's adding uh, chaos to the mix. Do you envisage mm -hmm. the, the backroom operation of a bar or a restaurant changing and embracing tech in new ways uh, as a result of all of this so that everything is in one place or utilizing different systems, whether that is unifo uh, Unify for stock, whether that is a centralized system for contact tracing for ordering in supplies like perspex and all the rest absolutely i mean the food and drinks industry traditionally was an extremely manual uh, 
industry in terms of so it's absolutely ripe for disruption um everything was paper-based everything was done with pen and paper um so i think across the board obviously since the start of the pandemic there's been a kind of you know uh, an acceptance of bringing more technical solutions into our lives and certainly unified ordering plays a part in that in terms of we believe we can actually digitize nearly every every aspect of the wholesale food and drinks industry from how a supplier meets a buyer uh, through to how they a buyer will look at, at that supplier's goods place the order and then even through to how the goods are delivered uh, by a paperless solution so i think you know across the board my mom never used uh, a zoom call up until the start and it's the same with everybody within the industry we've all taken that extra kind of leap forward and accepting technology especially where it can play a role in in making our lives a little bit easier obviously with uh with restaurants being under such pressure the margins are even tighter than ever so any kind of system that will come in and help to give better oversight and control over costs like unified ordering is going to be helped by um or embraced by restaurants and i think also you know on the other side uh, restaurants are much more likely i know myself to use a kind of technical solution to receive orders from customers um and then even out to you know how it's dispatched like delivery and the likes of that so i think i think there's been a wholesale acceptance of the need for technology and we, we kind of there might have been a resistance up until now but i think we we have no choice but to embrace it when it comes to unify is there much of a um a training process for the staff to go through because as you mentioned there you know, not every restaurant owner or pub owner would be tech savvy. They may just think, oh, sure, look, the, the notebook never let us down. So we'll just stick with that. Is there much involved in terms of getting your head around, getting everybody up to up to speed and how this exactly works? No, absolutely not. So our, our motto is ordering made simple. So um, as I mentioned earlier on, my business partner is my brother, Paul, who's a chef. And uh, chefs are very resistant to change. They work in a very time poor environment. Um, if it doesn't work once, they'll never pick it back up again. So we knew that this thing had to be as reliable and as simple as picking up a telephone. So the download process is super simple. You just put in your, your name, uh, your phone number, you receive a text message, and then you're straight in. You can go into a supplier directory then and choose all the suppliers that you, you want to place your orders with. And then straight away, most of those suppliers will have products. If they don't, you can just simply create the products in which it takes as long as a text message, and then they're stored for future use. So absolutely uh, it's super simple and really easy to use and i mean that's one of our our core principles within the company and how has this been received over the last however long it's been running you know is it something that you found uh that the restaurants and bars have been crying out for they just didn't know that they needed it one of the main feedbacks we get from a lot of places is how come this hasn't existed before and even when we look internationally there's nobody else doing this like what we're doing we're the only solution that works for both buyers and suppliers, but allows buyers to send orders to suppliers who aren't on the platform. So it has a very natural viral growth model. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the potential is, is, is massive and it's been embraced by, by, by the industry completely. I mean, this month we'll process orders around 35,000 orders for over 2000 restaurants and bars. So it's really quite a, it's got a huge amount of traction. I just think people haven't really heard about it up until now, but we think when the market starts to reopen, we've already seen, you know, 40% growth this month just with outdoor dining. And when the full industry opens, we think we can we can see 50% growth even in one month. And is this something that um, uh, establishments around the country can avail of? Or is it something that only works with, you know, if you are based in Dublin, Cork City, Limerick, one of the big cities? 
Well, generally how we grow is we onboard a supplier because, you know, the pain that a supplier receives around ordering, as I said, they listen to hundreds of voicemails every evening. They're getting text messages or WhatsApp. It's a huge problem. There's people aren't specific enough in terms of what they order. There's, you know, breakdown in communication between different nationalities and things like that. So they're really looking for a solution. And one of the main options that suppliers would have looked at to fix this problem was develop their own platform. And now this could cost up to 100,000 euros. So what we can do is we can come in and digitize a supplier's product brochure with images completely for free. And then they can uh, start to invite their customers uh, to, to the platform. So we've kind of grown around Dublin because that's where we're based, but we've got a pretty good footprint down now in the Southwest. It just depends on the suppliers that come into it, but a, a, anybody can download the app. Uh, they can select their own suppliers and they can start ordering straight away. So I suppose it's just getting the word out there and getting the suppliers to, to come on board and, and grow the platform with us. Brilliant stuff. So again, it is Unify Ordering. I can't let you go without asking, I suppose, your own reaction to the week that was with the uncertainty around uh, the the reopening of indoor dining, the pushing it back to by two weeks, and then also the, the debate around uh, serving vaccinated and unvaccinated people uh, in different ways. W- what do you make of it? Well, first of all, I suppose we were disappointed to see the change in decision. I think everybody likes to have a plan and to stick to it. Um, I'm going to say it's a very divisive issue. So, I mean, like we try and stay out of that. We Obviously, we we would like to see the industry open back up. But I suppose it's not for us to decide, you know, the reasons why and, and when we do it. Um, in terms of uh, the vaccination of people coming into restaurants, you know, I would be opposed to it just because I think it's completely unworkable. I, I don't expect, and this is more talking from my... Uh, juniors and Paulie's hat. Um, I don't expect my staff or I want to train them to to be policing people on a door. Uh, they were in the business to serve food and have have provide a great venue for people to have fun. And it's just an extra thing that you know really isn't isn't our uh, jurisdiction to police. I don't think. Barry McNerney, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Coming up next, Ashling O'Reilly joins us for our monthly look at health and fitness tech. Tech Talk. On Newstalk. Thanks to Think. From digital signage to audiovisual solutions, we've thought of everything. Visit thinkpm.ie. This is Jess Kelly with you here on Newstalk. Tech Talk at newstalk.com. As ever, is the email address if you want to get in touch, or you'll find me on Twitter at Jess Kelly NT. Every month here on Tech Talk, we're taking a closer look at some of the health and fitness technology that is available, putting it through its paces and seeing if it's worth your money. Ashling O'Reilly joins us once again. Ash, uh, what are we talking about this time? Yes, Jess. So today I reviewed the Blaze Pods from SB Sports, which is a sports clothing and equipment company. I had seen the Blaze Pods on their website and I was just really interested to see what they would be like and if they would be beneficial to my fitness regime. So what exactly are they? So basically what they are is electronically lit pods that directs the user to tap them with a body part in order to make a score. So they are controlled via an app on your phone, which could be iOS or Android, whatever phone you have will work. And it can run anywhere from one to six pods in a challenge. So you place the pods in various different locations and then you can tap them when the color you're assigned shows up. So this can be taking place if you're in a plank position on the ground or you're running up and down the garden. They literally can be anywhere. What comes in the pack is actually suction um, tabs so that you can actually stick them on windows or if you have a punching bag, you can strap them onto that. So, yeah, they're really good for all different sorts of training. So the the non-athlete in me is thinking about those um, 
the games that used to be in Leisureplex or wherever it was you know those kind of things it's almost like bop it you have to try and hit yes. them and stuff like that but I assume this is for um people who do like the Bronco training that sort of stuff to try and improve but also accurately measure their performance is that right exactly because you have the app you can really accurately like see how long you're taking to do each challenge but also it's just a fun way as well to sort of introduce some fitness Mm -hmm. so I like had given it to my friend to try out who's not into fitness whatsoever and she just said like you know I actually enjoyed going out to the garden and doing like 10-20 minutes of just doing a challenge and it was a bit of crack it was fun Mm -hmm. she doesn't really enjoy working out but she actually enjoyed that when I would maybe track maybe because I'm into fitness and I enjoy it I sort of maybe track and try and beat my score and that sort of thing so they do work for for both types of people okay well that's good to hear Uh, and I think that gamifying of fitness and health in general is great I um have the Wii Fit at home again I'm not into fitness at all but I like my gaming so the Wii Fit is a really fun way of just doing stuff but I suppose what we're talking about here is something that is a bit more serious as you mentioned there and it can really improve your training so what exactly did you receive and what did you uh, put through its paces yes so when I first got my pack I got the standard kit deluxe bundle so what's included in this is four pods a blaze pod case and then you have your four functional adapters your four straps your four suction cups and your cone adapters a charging base with your micro usb cable and then just a setup guide So for the suction cups and the cone adapters, you might be wondering, what is all this for? Mm -hmm. But you can actually use the suction cups so, so fun to do. You can actually stick them onto the windows or you can stick them onto your sliding doors (laughs) if you're allowed. I've just moved into a new place and my boyfriend was like, are you joking? But it doesn't actually, (laughs) it doesn't actually leave any marks whatsoever. So I really enjoyed that. And they're really sturdy as well. I had them out on the paling out in the garden um and they they're like they really stay there you know the straps are are really strong and durable so that side of thing is good and as I was talking about the app like when you go on you actually can see all the different types of videos and stuff you can do so a lot of people do the boxing ones or the martial arts so you can actually kick at them and stuff like that I can't say I tried them ones Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I can't say I have but they you know if you're into that you can use them for that too so uh, sometimes the setup of these things can be a bit complex, particularly when you give the rundown of all the bits and pieces that come in the box and you mentioned previously the app. Is the setup and the figuring out how it all works, is it a bit arduous or is it okay? It's so fine. And like, I don't want to say I'm not tech savvy on TikTok, but I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> so really, it's so, so simple to do. You literally, you first you charge up your blaze pods. So that's probably the most important thing. They're easily charged. You literally just, it's a USB cable. So you put it into your laptop or your computer. It takes about three to four hours to charge probably fully. And once they're fully charged, they'll all turn green. And that's how you'll know. And then you just get your app. So you literally go to your app store, download the BlazePod app, create an account with Google, Facebook, your email, whatever you choose. I did my email and then you just put in information then about yourself. So like what your preferences are, if it's fitness, speed, reaction training, more fun, whatever it is. And they'll actually then sort of generate suggested workouts to the app for you that, that will most suit what what you've picked you know so it's very easy to navigate just just so simple okay so you mentioned there you can kind of it'll give you recommendations for your workouts and what kind of ones are we talking about and also if you are someone who like you you know trains with a team and 
probably has their own workout regime can you just go a bit a la carte and do whatever you fancy absolutely like I didn't realize you could probably do core workouts with this I thought it might be just more like running and fitness based sort of things you know running up and back trying to hit the lights when they come on but you definitely can do a lot more core stuff so the first one that I actually tried was a plank focus it's called so you're actually in a plank position and you have a challenge of where you have 20 seconds on the clock and you have to keep the plank position alternate your hands and see how many taps you can get and this is actually one where I brought to to train it with me and we actually did it a few of us a few of the girls kept our times and sort of went against each other and you really feel that burn and feeling you know when you're in a plank position and then you're trying to move your hands as well so it was really really good for that there's other sort of reflex based games called focused reactions and because I play camogie as well for me I sort of wanted to bring this in for reaction in a game you know to be mm-hmm. to be quicker to the ball and that so yeah it's really good for that and as I said if you just want to do fitness you can just line them out in your garden just like cones except obviously you have the the phone telling you when to go and obviously the light ups what which one to hit each time um yeah and another really good part of it as well is that you actually have the ability to customize the game as well so if you think that you know the length of time to perform this hit it's it's too short like I can't I can't make it in that time you know you can make it longer so you can work it to to whatever level that you're at that sounds really good and I'm wondering again as somebody who is used to doing her own training and as somebody who's used to training as part of a team did you find the tech and the app of benefit or did you find that it kind of got in the way and you'd rather just do your own thing I enjoyed it for a change and I would never really have had anything like this in my my fitness regime at all. So I thought it was a nice change and I sort of would still go on my run, still go to my training, but I used to do it like 10 minutes before I go and it sort of got me a bit pumped, you know, for training. So this is the way that I sort of introduced it. But I think this would be a great fit probably for trainers because when I brought it to training, that's when I really seen the girls come alive with it you know they were all wanting to go they were all lined up everyone was going and you know keeping our scores so I think it's a really good investment piece for a trainer because it's sort of just that bit um, ahead of the you know the normal cones that you would see in a training setup. Yeah, now it, uh, you mentioned there it is an investment. So it is, it's 365 euro when you round it up, I suppose, for um, the the standard kit. I see it here on the website. Do you, would you see that as a solid investment? If you are serious about your training, if you are, you know, looking to work on particular parts of your fitness, or as you mentioned there, if you are part of a team? Absolutely, I, I really do. I know it is on the pricier side, but it really is an investment piece. It's something you're always going to have. I was probably a bit skeptical as well when I seen the price. But once I actually used it, I seen, OK, I really see why it's this price and I can see why it could be a benefit. But as I said, definitely for maybe a manager, a trainer to add to their training kit, if, if that's what they do, you know, their training teams. I think it's a massive benefit. I know if I seen a trainer rocking up with these, you know, you'd really be impressed by it and it's a great way to keep fit but even for myself I do personally think that it's a good investment because it's just a nice fun way for me to sort of break away from that sort of maybe serious training you know Mm -hmm. but I'm still keeping my fitness up. Is there anything about the, the system that you tried that you'd like to see improved in the next iteration or is there anything that if somebody does go and buy it on the back of this that you'd say well look this is one thing that I, I would watch out for one thing I'd like to see improved 
Well, there wasn't a hell of a lot. Like, obviously, we talked about the price, but I suppose maybe the one thing was that it, it didn't have a, a three-pun plug, you know, to actually plug in and charge them. You have to have your, your laptop or your computer to plug it in because it was the usb charger that's probably the only thing i think there probably could be another option there because it just could be handier to be able to plug it in that bit easier but other than that um i wouldn't really it, it was really really great like i really enjoyed it so there's not a lot to approve on for me anyways brilliant stuff again they are called blaze pods ashing o'reilly thank you so much for joining us and that is all we have time for this week if you missed any of the show you can listen back in full on the news talk app powered by go loud don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast within the app and that way then every episode will appear on your device as if by magic i'm back with news talk breakfast on monday morning john Fardy's up next here on news talk i'll chat to you next week